1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame. Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. Hey, hey, what's going on, Las Vegas? I feel like I did this about 12 hours ago. Oh, wait, I did. That's right. But this is the new and improved version. But not as well, because, of course, I'm Mark Hoke of the Mark Hoke Show, the number one professional wrestling show in... I don't know. Let's just say the universe just for fun. And you t- are the universal t- title. Tick off, tick off the Wrestling Observer, guys. Why not? But I have my tag team partners. My my, We are the trio's champs. Yeah, we, we are the bloodline of, uh, of radio. You betcha. Andrew Fishfane sitting across from me. Woo-hoo! You're peppy today. I, like I am. It. I'm very I peppy like today. It. I like it. Of course, uh, he'll be hosting Sports X. Yeah. Easy for you to say. Sports X Radio here go. on KDWN, 1015 FM, 720 AM on Monday night with his partner, Mr. Barnes. Yep. Fish and chips, so tune in for that. And, of course, we have on the line... The man, the myth, the legend. He's not a legend. He's a legend in his own mind. He's, he's like an, a god on Olympus. Joe DeFalco <laughs> from Future Stars of Wrestling. Joe, how are you today? Oh, wonderful. I'm, I'm awake. How's your, how's your pectoral... Is your pec okay? Yeah, that's actually okay. Yep. You know, when you never lift anything, you, you never hurt it. So, but, <laughs> so, so you're at least one step better than Cody. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, we have a, a lot to cover. Yes, we and do. We actually had more to cover now than I did last night. Because we have to get into actually what happened in, in Japan, believe it or not. Land of the rising sun, baby. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that some some big going goings on over there as in the on their Dominion card, which is going to lead into the Forbidden Door card for AEW. But first, obviously, we we didn't get a shot to talk about this yet, so it's our turn. The unbelievable performance of Cody Rhodes at Hell in a Cell. Now we were all sitting here last week saying Wondering if he was going to wrestle or not. This this card sucks. We don't care. But I got to say, guys, I don't think we're going to forget that. I, I I don't know how you do. And for those that don't know what happened, Cody, when, when they were doing a little thing with Seth Rollins, a little brawl on Monday Night Raw, Cody partially tore his pectoral tendon, which is connected to your humerus and holds down your pectoral muscle. Friday, before Hell in a Cell, Cody was lifting and totally tore it off the bone. Ouch. See ya. Flapping peck. I mean, picture it. Picture it like like it, like it looks like a seashell. If you, if you if you never really seen what a pectoral mus- muscle looks like, it connects to your clavicle and your sternum on the on the one side, and then the pectoral tendon is kind of like this big strip that goes to your humerus and holds it down. Well, that got torn and torn, gone. See ya. And his skin was a color skin should never be. He came out and because. There's nothing more he could do to it. He actually wrestled 
the Hell in a Cell match, which, of course, is inside a giant steel cage, weapons, tables, the whole thing against Seth Rollins. And the match was, well, first of all, the fact that they had a win again, so he's now 3-0 and against Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. was amazing. And the performance both of them put on, because Seth basically had to carry that match because of the injury to, to Cody. And keep him safe. Yeah, I mean that, that was that, that's the part that I meant. was that to me was the biggest thing is when Cody took the took his robe off. Rollins is in the ring and he wore the the, the, the polka Dusty dots, Rhodes which polka is dots amazing storytelling in and of itself. Yeah, to try and tick him off. Cody comes out, takes his robe off, and I swear to God, I don't know if I've ever heard a wrestling crowd just gasp like they did because the whole side, his whole right side. Just about it was and, purple, and down through his arm was purple from it being bruised and the blood flow from obviously tearing your pectoral tendon. Yes, and how how they got him prepared to to fight in that match, and adrenaline can only take you so far, and it's usually when the incident happens, not two days afterwards. How he was able to do anything in that match to me is absolutely incredible. That is that is pain tolerance beyond belief to me. I mean, I. I had an injury. Those where, needles, those needles work well. I guess. Yeah, the, the football players. That is true. I'm sure he shot up just a little bit, but you know, like I've gone through where I've had a subluxating shoulder and played football and stuff, and have my shoulder pop in and out all the time, and you feel like you want to throw up. I mean, you could see by the end of that thing, Cody was in so much pain. And they, I, and they didn't and, make it a quick match, or it, no, it was a it was a, a real match. No, it was 20 plus minutes, and Cody wins and. Now, of course, he just had surgery this week, and he's scheduled out for nine months. But, of course, we all know that. Usually about five to six months. Cena came back in, I think, five months from his. Cena's back in three. Was it three? He was back in three. But Cena heals like you wouldn't believe in. I'll tell you, it was a better work than the leukemia angle, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, it's it's not always a work. To me, the best part about it wasn't even the match on Sunday. It was... The Seth Rollins and Cody promo on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, then they followed it up, and Seth shook his hand and played. And was like, 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 you've earned my respect. And it looked like Seth was making that face turn. And then smashing him with a sledgehammer. Exactly. Which was brilliant. So Cody's, so another big gun in WWE is gone. But, uh, Joe, let me get your reaction to what Cody did. Um, Your thoughts. I mean, what did you think when you saw all this go down? Well, you know, it was kind of surprising, similar to, you know, Cardona, you know, with the with the injuries, uh, you know, again, only one person knows his own, whether it's the pain tolerance, whether, you know, you're going to do something, is it going to affect you in any way? You know, can you can you get hurt more, you know, and, you know, maybe. You know, if Cody was back for six months or a year, he would have never done the match. But, you know, he felt at this time and place that, that he needed to do it. You know, in reality, it's like, wow, if you were going to give him a loss, I'm looking at it that way. If you're going to give Cody Rhodes a loss, you know, how, how can you not do it on this show and be able to play off it? You know, later on, it's like, yeah, I guess Seth Rollins gets his heat back beating up a crippled guy uh, the next day. But the bottom line is he's 0-3. But it's WWE, and he could be the champion next week. And, you know, that's the way it's going to be. So, 
you know, I saw yesterday it was similar. You know, I had heard Cardona, you know, wrestled right before he had his surgery, mm-hmm. and then he had the surgery. So obviously at that point, he was done also. So it's like, you know, I guess until you get the surgery, it's kind of like you've seen guys with torn ACLs and they still play and, you know, they get the surgery after the game. So I guess when you're a superior athlete, uh, I guess, you know, you take the risks and you, you see the benefits. So, you know, now Cody Rhodes is going to go down as one of the, you know, the greatest efforts in wrestling history. So, in, in, and I know it's WWE, so we all know how their booking goes generally, but does this loss by, by Seth Rollins, does that knock him down at all, do you think? No. It's WWE. People win. They people lose. Nobody cares. They switch it up the next week. And it, it, it's sad that it is that way because, you know, you, you've come to expect it. You know, now Seth Rollins, all of a sudden, he beats one guy, he beats another guy. You know, it, it's what have you done for me lately if Seth Rollins bounces back and, you know, would anybody shock me? You know, truly shocked if he beat a Roman Reigns or a Drew McIntyre? No, because, you know, the top guys you can count on one hand. And, you know, Seth has positioned himself as one of those top guys, you know. I'm more disgusted with the whole edge angle, so, you know. Mm. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're going to get to that, we're too. We're getting there. <laughs> and, it, I mean, and, and it shows you, because you, you hit on something just there that I don't know if we want to talk about just yet, but because you hit on it, that WWE's lack of top guys right now has caused them to do things like they announced on Raw that John Cena's coming back on, I think it's the 27th, to mark his 20-year anniversary. But he's not just coming back for that episode. They're going to have a program with him, apparently with Austin Theory. But they need John Cena to come back, and that's kind of a sad place for WWE to be, that they need a guy like Cena to have to come back right now. Well, they, they've always done that, and I'm pretty sure John Cena is one of the busiest dudes now, which is crazy that he's become such a big-time actor. But between Peacemaker and, and other things that he's doing in every single commercial, him and Shaq are fighting for, you know, one <laughs> uh, in, in, in sports. And it's like, I'm pretty sure they had that in the works because, you know, Cody recently just got hurt. You know, you you don't say, hey, John, we need you in a couple weeks. You good? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. No, it's, it's the same thing with The Rock. These guys all come back based on what their schedules are for their, for their movie shoots and things like that. And, you know, what's funny is it'll, it'll be the same thing. You push Austin Theory, but it's John Cena. And for some reason, John Cena will go over in the feud and Austin Theory has to rebuild himself from scratch again. And that's the problem that WWE has as opposed to AEW, where I was just thinking about this morning on the way in, was that AEW has managed to keep a lot of guys in reserve. And that's part of having a deep roster, too. But they've managed to keep a lot of their top guys at a point where they're credible when you put them in a program to say, yeah, I could see X person being the world champion. I could see X person being the TNT champion. Whereas WWE has taken so many of their guys and just, it, it's like they, they poured a bunch of colors into a paint can. Yeah. There's only legitimately, you know, and it's all blended together and it's black. There's only legitimately four or five guys in WWE. You could see being the world champion. And right now, now two of them are on the bench. Yeah. By the way. 
you know, you lost Orton. Right. We don't know when he's getting back. We just lost Cody. So, you know, John Cena making his way yeah, back Yeah, because basically right now. it leaves you with Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar on occasion when he comes back, and Seth Rollins are the only guys who are believable other than Roman Reigns to be the world champion. Now, I, I Randy, will s- Randy Orton. But Randy Orton's on the bench. That's what we were just saying. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, so so you're you're very limited right exactly, now. Exactly. Our, our, our truth, you know, he's been a champion 784 times. You know, don't, don't, don't just count him. No, but, like, you had this program with Riddle and, and Roman Reigns, but you can't legitimately expect Riddle to beat Roman Reigns. No, not at all. But, you know, is it, it different in AEW when, when Adam Page was in there and he was getting – you know, Adam Cole, and it was like, you know, as hot as Adam Cole was in NXT when he came over, he was kind of flat in AEW, and, and they had two matches, but did anybody think Adam Cole was good, was going to beat him? You know? That's a good yeah, point. Good point. Yeah, it, it all depends how you book it, and, you know, there was some good booking and some bad booking to me in, in WWE this week. Go I, ahead and talk about I'm, Judgment I'm gonna Day. Take, I'm going to do, do the good first. Normally I do bad than good, but we're going to go the other way. You mentioned Riddle, who I, as you know, normally when you see those mishmash tag teams, you know, that it's kind of like, yeah, we threw it together and it doesn't have any effect. But Riddle has endeared himself to wrestling fans through this whole thing with Randy Orton. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, we always just see Randy as this gruff guy and we've seen it for years and years and years. And somehow Riddle pulled out the fun Randy Orton, you know, the, the the actual guy inside a little bit and rejuvenated him. And I think, I think people are rewarding him for that by enjoying what he's doing. Cheering. Cause I wasn't a big riddle guy, but you know what? I'm, I'm kind of getting into the riddle camp at this the point. impassioned promo he gave on Monday night about you took Randy from me and, and I, you can't, it was to me, it was absolutely fantastic. And, as stupid as it sounds, I I just love the line when he goes, "RK bro, four twenty says I just smoked you." I thought that was brilliant. Oh, so bad, but yeah, I'm, I hear you. But, <laughs> just the way it all came together. But I I think, well, the thing with the Miz too, in oh, go back and watch that promo. That's all I can say. The prove it line was yeah yeah. But anyway, I can't I can't get into that on terrestrial radio. <laughs> um, but but I think Riddle's done a. A great job, and I think they've managed to book him well. On the other side, as Joe mentioned, we had a little betrayal. As the Judgment Day stable, victorious as they were, coming out of Hell in a Cell, comes out, and oh, we got a new member. And Finn Balor gets trotted out there, and everybody's like, ooh, now we got something. And then it was, we're getting rid of our weakness. Ugh. That's not what they and said. They, they said we're getting rid of the guy that's holding us back. And yeah, yeah, along those lines. And everybody attacks Edge. So a new stable that was founded by Edge, the WWE Hall of Famer, who is leading the stable, that everybody was actually like, oh, this could be pretty cool, goes the way of the boards like the Hurt Business, and Edge is out, and now we've got Finn Balor, Damien Priest. See, now, if you remember, this happened way back when in the Attitude Era with the Nation of Domination when they kicked out Farouk. But at least the Nation was established for like six to seven months right. before the founder of Farouk was kicked out and The Rock took over. You don't. You, this has been around for six weeks. This is so stupid. 
This is so stupid. It is why ridiculous. Would you, why would you do that to Joe? You know, you you were on this right away. What are your thoughts about Edge getting kicked out of Judgment Day? You know, I, I saw what happened at Hell in the Cell, and, you know, whatever was going on, I didn't really know what was going on on Raw. And then somebody talked about it, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was like... You know, you're hearing his stories of wanting to be supernatural, and he wasn't in on it. And it's like, you know, that's great, but it's like you you building you're building this faction, and you know, in all honesty, uh, Rhea Ripley and and if Ciampa got in, and and adding these people, you know, it it was great that Edge is going to work with these younger people because you know the hardest thing for a younger talent is to, is to get over. Well, now they're they're put in with Edge, and if they feel that Finn Balor is a guy that needed to come in to you know reestablish himself, because you know let's face it, he has not been relevant since he got hurt after he held the you know the Universal Title or whichever one he had. Yeah, the Universal for, Title for a minute for a day. You know, he, he had it for a week. He got hurt, and then he never found you know, a solid place on the card. They sent him back to NXT, whatever. And it's like, so now your leader of your faction is a guy who hasn't been over in three years. So it's like, even if the thought process is to get rid of Edge, you know, then you you set up that for down the line. You know, it was kind of like, you know, when Batista, you know, when they were, you know, Legacy, I think it was, or whatever, it was with Flair, and it was... Evolution. Evolution. Yeah, it was a thumbs down. Okay. And Triple H got mad, they gave the thumbs down, and then they laid out Batista. But it was like, you you saw it, you know, it, it was like... Man, you you know you had to be an idiot not to see that Triple H was going to turn on Batista. Actually, it was but, Randy Orton that got it. Yeah, Randy Orton, got, and then Batista gave the Triple H the thumbs down oh, yeah, and okay, attacked yeah, it to yeah, get yeah. the title. You know, I'm I'm, I'm old, but uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like so you now have a group. Like I said, it, it, it's similar to the Hurt business, where mm-hmm. out of nowhere. But that's kind of like if the Hurt Business kicked out Lashley and Cedric Alexander became their leader. Yeah. Or, or Shelton Benjamin. The, the, like, the, oh, okay, Shelton Benjamin is going to be the leader. The only thing I can see that they're doing this is because of the contract that Edge has. Because I know it, it's not he's not supposed to work every week. He's only supposed to work a certain amount of dates. And maybe Edge is like, I can't. I don't want to do this every week. I don't want to be on TV every week and do this. I'm not back full time. Or it could just, could just be bad creative again. That too. This is yeah, this is they, another. They can, they can film, they can film a video that he's there. It doesn't, it, you know. I, I would bet ninety nine point nine percent that that wasn't the reason. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, of what everything I've read, I'm gonna assume they were going in a different pattern of what Edge kind of put together, since he kind of was the one who had the idea for it. So it's it's, you know, you you would have thought a guy like Edge had enough respect. You know, and that's what it's really about. Like, it, you know, wow. what I, and what I wonder is, is that with all these injuries, do, do they decide that we need to have Edge as a baby face because we don't have anybody? That's that uh, maybe that, they they needed to make a switch. Th- I to, mean, they're flip flopping Edge more than they flip flop ba- uh, Big Show at this point, yeah, and this, that's ridiculous. It, it's, it's getting bad, and and you know, this destruction of stables in 
WWE is just unbelievable. And by the way, we're on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. I am Mark Hoke, along with Andrew Fishfane and Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling. You can go to FSWVegas.com, check out everything Joe's got going on down there. It, and you know that, and that kind of brought me to the other big happening in WWE was Gunther is the new Intercontinental Champion. As he whacks Ricochet. I mean, it was that 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 was a squash, basically. It, yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. But you know, I talked a while back about, hey, let's get Imperium up here and let's get when he was Walter, 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 and the Imperium tag team and send them after the Bloodline, and you've got a massive feud. And WWE all of a sudden has realized how good Gunther is, gives him the Intercontinental title. It will be interesting to see if they don't screw that up. Because they have a chance to make a really good champion there, but now you've got you've got Ludwig Kaiser with no tag team partner, who's basically just coming out a he's guy ba- who's got ten pack abs, he's Commander and can Aziz, fly, and is an amazing worker, and he is standing there off to the side instead of having the Imperium tag team, which could have gone after the Usos, and you would have had Gunther, the this monster of a man who you know lost some weight too. And now he's probably got even more agility than he had, which is scary. Could have been going after Roman Reigns. You could have had the Imperium tag team going after the Usos. But no, 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 no. We got to break the tag team up and screw that all up. But hopefully at least Gunther will get a good run as the Intercontinental Champion across the floor. Well, you know, I, I know I'm that doesn't go to together. I but... feud with, with Madcap Moss coming up next, <sighs> so that's what I think. Nice. I mean, they've got to, they've got to do something to make the, the title credible again because right now I mean, I, I, I couldn't even tell you who the U.S. Total, US title holder is. Uh, never yes, I, I know I knew that. The, the point being, it, the, the title, the, the lower level titles, the mid mid level titles, which should have some meaning, have absolutely no meaning right now. Yeah, they've got to be but careful. They've had with no meaning for years, and they never yeah. will because we've talked about it. How. You know, you become a champion in WWE. If you're not the heavyweight champion, you become the biggest loser on the roster. Uh, no, for a while, The Miz made the Intercontinental Champion worth something, and John Cena made the U.S. title worth something. Yeah, but you know, once again, that's... It was years ago. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it. it's it's sporadic. And I just can't imagine that they would do that with Gunther. It, it just would be such a terrible then, mistake. So is Ricochet just a, a transitional Intercontinental oh, Champion? and I felt bad for the guy. You know, he's because he's, he's done a, nothing but work. He's an incredible talent, and they have put him through so much. Like I said, he's one of those paint colors that got dumped in and turned to gray. You know? Yeah, it's, agreed. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens with Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion. But I I'm hopeful. I I, I know he shouldn't be. I'm not. It, it's just going to be whatever, and then it's a prop, and they're going to move it. And, you know, if they think Madcap Moss is is going to be a big deal, then they'll just put the belt on him for three months. It doesn't matter. They don't care. We are getting a last laugh match, by the way. Did you guys see that? Yeah, what the hell is a last laugh match? <laughs> Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin are going to do it again. In a, in a last well, you know, the, match. Madcap Moss has to go 3-0. and That's the thing. It's like, you know, three-match feuds where the other guy never wins a match. Yeah, it's the trilogy where the, where the third match doesn't mean nearly what it should because they didn't go one-on-one in the first two. Seth Rollins should be the referee and let him do the maniacal laugh the whole time, and they have to tell jokes to make Seth Rollins. And the last one. Yeah, and Gilbert, the, uh, Gilbert Godfrey should be the special guest referee. Oh, that'd be a little difficult now. Yeah, considering he just passed away. 
Oh yeah, that's, that's right. okay. All right, hey, we have to drop them like fl- <laughs> drop them like flies. We have to take a commercial break, but we. <laughs> <laughs> on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. Hey, if you got a second, go on that Twitter machine. Follow us there at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. You can download those podcasts. We were downloaded in Turkey the other day. Gobble, gobble. Yeah, how about that? It was a gobbledygooker. It was Hector Stop Guerrero. It. Hector Guerrero followed us. <laughs> Mark Hoke Show at podbean.com for all your favorite podcast outlets. We would certainly appreciate it. Stick around. We got more because... What went on in the land of the rising sun last night? I have no idea. Well, you're going to find out with everybody else then, too, Joe. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on the Mark Hoke Show. Want more of the Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today and thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. Are you guys ready for more shenanigans? And tomfoolery. And tomfoolery. That was my third word. Wow. Good job, Fish. Thank you. Appreciate you ruining my open to the second half of the show. Thanks for being with us on the Mark Hoke Show. I am the aforementioned Mr. Hoke. Good to talk to you, everybody, here on KDWN. 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas, on the number one professional wrestling show in the history of God. I mean, if Jesus if Jesus did one, then his was better. We have a tag team match with God coming up, I think. Oh, no, that was WWE that did that. Yeah, they did that. Andrew Fishfane, Joe DeFalco, future stars of wrestling. So let's slide over to AEW, because we had some uh, stages of... Getting to an interim champion, getting going here. We had a battle royal on Dynamite where we had Kyle O'Reilly. Which was a kind of a shocking win considering the names in the battle royal. Yeah. It was a little light, though. There were some people that I thought were going to be in it that weren't. But Kyle O'Reilly wins it. He goes on to face John Moxley, and we I did not get my Eddie Kingston. I was a little disappointed, but Mox. You knew Mox was going to go over. Goes over, and he will be headed to the Forbidden Door pay-per-view against Hiroshi Tanahashi. There you go. Who won at New Japan's Dominion card last night as he beats Haruki Goto in the other Eliminator. So it's going to be Mox and Tanahashi. And I'm just curious, guys. Do you think that there's any chance that Tanahashi ends up as the AEW Interim Champion? No. Joe, do you think there's any chance Tanahashi wins this match? Of course there's a chance, you know, they're having that working relationship and, you know, the question becomes, well, you know, how many shows do they really need them for? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, especially now with AEW, they're, they're trying to get this, you know, New Japan deal, you know, working. Why not? 
Well, because yeah, my, my thought also is Mox's contract runs out this year. Obviously, there's the, the WWE would throw a ton of money at him to come back as Dean Ambrose. Could this be a way of AEW saying, we're going to make you the champion, you can't leave? Not you can't I leave. I highly but... doubt he gives a crap about okay. that. You know, I, right. I've already learned by dealing with him, money means nothing to him. He's got more than he needs, and he's not a guy who does anything in wrestling because it has to do with money. That's why he left WWE in the first place. If he's bitter... He, you know, he's not the guy that's like, obviously, Cody Rhodes, who trashes the company. They offer him money in the position, and he runs back and takes it. It's like with CM Punk, you know, I, I just never thought CM Punk, and, and again, maybe down the line he will, but I just think that they did him wrong. And not, not that WWE did Moxley wrong. I think he just had uh, a total issue with the creative and everything, and and it, it it hasn't changed since he's been gone. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think the belt means anything whatsoever to him. Yeah, it's cool to have, but you know he's under a contract that he can do anything he wants in AEW. He can go wrestle in Japan. He can go wrestle in GCW. He can do anything, and his contract states there's nothing they could do about it. So you know why not put the you know, if, if you're trying to get over New Japan, that's the best way for New Japan to get really over in the States if, you know, they're focused, you know. That's very true. Yeah, and there are some intriguing possibilities if Tanahashi does win this. I mean, you could have a lot of different people coming at him, set up some pretty cool matchups. And we and the, the real problem is CM Punk did have just had surgery on apparently on the lower leg or whatever they called it, but apparently it's a broken foot. But they don't know when he's going to be back. This could be six months or or even longer. I mean, a foot a foot injury is one that you know. You guys, I mean, you cover sports all the time, fish. You know this that foot, foot injuries can last years. It, I mean, it, there can be a lingering effect. Yeah, it, this could take a long time for him to recover. So they could really play some games with this interim championship and you know do some pretty cool things. So we'll we'll see what happens with it. So, but that pay per view is at the end of the month. And that brings us to what happened at New Japan's Dominion card last night. Because this, obviously, this is going to play in to where everything goes with uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And we had a bunch of title changes last night. A bunch of them over there. Of course, there is a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, a Switchblade Jay White, who you may have seen a few times on AEW and back on in Ring of Honor. Well, Jay White won the title from Okada last night. And, of course, Hangman M. Page was saying, hey, I'm going to get to wrestle. I want to rest, wrestle Okada for the title. Jay White wins and... And cut one of the most brilliant promos. Oh, it is. Words of the wise, it, it, it is a rated R promo. Partner? Was his Bullet Club partner Chris Bay there? No, no Chris Bay. Oh, uh, man. Sorry. No rub. No, no, rub no, no rub for Chris. No rub for Chris. But the 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 promo he gave afterwards is like I said it it is uh, dirty or or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he he swears a lot in it. Yeah, he did. And <laughs> but it's a fantastic promo. But he tore up AEW and tore up a lot of the guys. Page and Adam, Adam Cole, Cole and just was ripping everybody apart. And even Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was thrown under the bus as well. And Kenny's been out for a while, so. So that's going to be interesting, and they're you know talking about possibly maybe we get Page, him, and 
Jay White and uh, well, Jay White, Page, and Adam Cole, and a three way, three way. That's a possibility. There, so that could be a lot of fun. Uh, we also have Will Osprey, who showed up on Wednesday's Dynamite, wrestled on Friday on Rampage. He won the now what became the vacant IWGP U.S. Championship. So we may be getting a Will Osprey match. And Zack Saber Jr. called out Brian Danielson after the card as well. So really, and, and they're setting I, things up nicely. There, there's there's three guys that haven't wrestled in really wrestled well either wrestle in WWE or AEW that are probably considered three of the top wrestlers on the planet. And that's Sabre Jr., Osprey, and Okada. We're, and all of a sudden, you know, we may be getting to see all three of them. Where, where are you going to have Okada up. on the card now that he lost? Oh, Okada could wrestle anybody. But, you know, it, it's a shame Kenny Omega's not around that we could see that match one more time. But, yeah, so that happened. And, by the way, and one of your favorites, Carl Anderson, won the Never Openweight Championship last night as well. And we also had the tag team titles over there change hands as uh, Cobb and Great O'Conn won the tag titles. And, of course, they had just attacked Trent Beretta and FTR. So that's going to set up what looks like a three-way match. Could be for those titles as well at Forbidden Door. All of a sudden, the card that was kind of like, yeah, this is cool, it's a combo card, is now looking like this is going to be a pretty neat, Evening. When, when you have a card between two uh, two wrestling companies, who decides on the card? Which company does one company take the lead? Yeah, Joe. You, I mean, you're a promoter. You know, tell us probably what you know. Give us an idea of what's going on behind the scenes as these guys prepare to put this thing together. Well, when you're putting it together, it's kind of like what we did with FSW versus Revolver. If 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 Revolver is going to have, like they did, uh, Trey Miguel was defending his title uh, on that show. Well, even though I kind of put the match together and then Sammy uh, was a big fan of Nick Wayne and I didn't have anything for it at the time, my No Limits champion, Jay Vidal. So we made it a three-way and it was for Trey Miguel's title. So Trey Miguel pins Nick Wayne, protects Jay Vidal, gets our guy over. Uh, the only thing that was changed was, you know, Sammy was adamant. We did a uh, four-way match for the Revolver title, and it was uh, JT Dunn, who was their champion, and Rich Swan on Revolver side, and we had Chris Bay and Kenny King. So he wanted a big pop, the main event of our show, and had Chris Bay walk out and win the title. That way they had a rematch the next day, and JT Doan won the, won the title back. But that's going to always be 100% when it comes to titles. You know, uh, the company who's the guys, who's the champion's decision. And then the rest of the card, you kind of figure it out, and, and you try to keep it kind of even because, you know, you, you don't want one company to win 7-1. to one. Makes the other company look like crap, right? Do you, but so, do you make you know, deals and go and the same thing? Do you make deals and say, and, and everybody gets their wins, everybody gets their losses? Who's the one that needs to be protected? Those are the ones that have that conversation, and you know beforehand that okay, this guy's probably got to win. Uh, okay, he can't lose, so maybe we make it a three way or, or or whatever it is. You just try to be protective of everybody's top guys. Now, in this situation, it's like if Okada wrestles Brian Danielson, 
I don't really know who makes that decision on who is going to win and who is going to lose. Yeah. It's, it's, Fish, you had a question? Yeah, you know, I was just saying, when, when you go in, you go, okay, we want wrestlers A, B, C to go over. You can have wrestlers D, E, and F go over. So, that, so you, like I said, you, so you kind of make it balanced, which is what you were saying anyway. You balance it out so, so it doesn't look like one company is absolutely dominant. You know, the thing is, it's like, you know, in that situation, yeah, it's easy to say, but, you know, Tony Khan's going to have, obviously, the decision uh, of, of, of the Moxley match. He's going to decide who's going to be the AEW interim champion. You know, New Japan is, 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 is just there for the ride. And in that situation, you know, they may be there just to do what AEW wants. Like, I'm pretty sure... Tony Khan presented the idea, and he t- said it would be fair. But just like what I did with GCW and 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 I did with Revolver, I took the lead. But I knew that you know we needed to make it fair. So in that situation, those guys let me do that. Now it's the same thing with New Japan. You know, obviously they're going to want to protect certain people. So, you know, if, if Okada is wrestling, say, a Danielson, for example, you know, it might end up in a schmoz because they don't want either guy to lose, you know. But it's a little easier now that Okada's not the champion for him to come to America, wrestle on an AEW pay-per-view, and lose to one of AEW's top guys because that's a big win for that guy. Yeah, and there's another factor that uh, also comes into play here at Forbidden Door. AEW has created a new championship, the All-Atlantic Championship. That that was announced, I believe, on Wednesday at Dynamite. And they had their first qualifiers, and these are all international competitors, so no Americans. So it's the European title. Um, something like that. But I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts about this belt, because with you know the Ring of Honor situation, they haven't got that separated, and we still have the FTW title there. A lot of titles flying around too many w and you know i said a while back we got to get ring or honor separated but they are having they're having qualifying matches to get into a four-way at forbidden door uh pack beat buddy matthews in the first one then we got ethan page and miro are going to be wrestling a uh, pento oscuro and malachi black are going to hook up so that'll that be, be good fun. and then two japanese competitors that they have not announced yet so each winner will go into this uh four-way for the all-atlantic championship so it'll be three AEW guys and one New Japan guy. Right. And when first when they announced this, I was like, why the heck are they doing this? But I have a feeling because of the way AEW is running things, that they're bringing people in all the time from all over the place, that they may be keeping this title kind of separated in terms of maybe not having the American wrestlers wrestling for this belt for the most part, but keeping it international competitors. So if you have a... Because they are starting to get into Canada, they're starting, you know, doing all this stuff with Japan. You've got the connections in AAA. And this is a title they could kind of take all over the place and you could put Canada against Mexico or um, Yeah, but the problem you know, comes like that. The, the, so, the audiences are going to be mostly American so that the people aren't going to care as much about said title. Well, it depends who it is though, too. I mean, you got Malachi Black and like just in this, you got Malachi Black, Miro, Ethan Page, Pack. I mean, there's some good guys competing for this title and there's a lot of good international competitors. They're involved in the AEW plus ones that aren't there. So, yeah, to me, it's confusing. There's too many titles. It was kind of like when I remember it was NWA or WCW, the Western States, uh, Western States champion. And it was just like, 
it was just an excuse to ha- to have another belt. It was like so maybe that's why they were waiting this long to bring Miro back because you know they they're going to give him the uh, they're going to give him that title and he's going to and it w- you know, what's the difference? It's like the European title when WWE had it. Well, they didn't only defend it in Europe. They they defended it in Pittsburgh. So it's like, it's really not anything separate. So it's like, you know, why, to me, it, it, it's unfair. Why, why shouldn't an American wrestle for that title? Didn't uh, didn't they also just add the three the three man or six man, three man the, the tag trio, titles? They have not added the, the trio trios, spell yes. yet. They have not announced that yet. But they're going to. Yeah, he they're wants making to. the belts, but uh, they're not going to use them. I mean, so obviously, they're going to have – they're another one. They're going to have a uh, clash of champions, and it's going to be a six-hour-long show because there's going to be 17 title matches. Yeah, that's going to be – that's what I was going to say. All of a sudden, when you have that many titles, the titles don't mean anything. Yeah. It, it, listen, I, I think there could be some potential for this if a concept like that works out. But you never know. But I mean, like, and, and you. But I, I, I know, Joe. You mentioned about the NWA, and I remember back when they did have all those titles. But you still had, you know, you, you had the the world championship. You had the U.S. title. You had the TV title, and then you did have a, a lot of times another title flying around. They had the national title. Uh, I remember the Central States title, or you know, and then you the Western States title, and you know, the NWA of course had all the regional ones as well for a long time. But you know, they they got by with three belts. So I don't know. I'm, I like I'm, it better that way because when when, when know, WWE had the junior heavyweight title and then the cruiserweight title and in the European title and it's like all of a sudden, like I said, there's that many titles they don't mean anything because everyone can get one. I I think that if it would have been fine, but they just basically put Ring of Honor titles on their shows, right? So and, it's like you're not even separating the company. Like if you just did Ring of Honor separately, well. You know, there'd be four less titles to be worrying about. And it's like, oh, okay, well, Thunder Rosa is this champion, but now they have the other champion who's a women champion, but that's for the Ring of Honor title, so that one's separate. And it's like, you know, you need you need a diary to, to keep track of, you know, who the champions are. I, I'm lost. Yeah, they've got to get they got to uh, get that ring know. honor out of there. They've got to get that. They're, they're running the same problem that WWE had when ECW first came in. Because they had the ECW champion as well. It's like you know, no one cares about the ECW champion. We're going for the it, WWE it, championship. Suzuki, you know, we were talking about the New Japan guys like that when they put Suzuki over for the Ring of Honor TV championship. Now, is he still the Ring of Honor TV champion? I know he wrestled in AEW after that. No, Samoa. probably lost. Yeah, Samoa Joe took the title from him in like there 12 you go. days. Okay. So it was just, again, the transitional title. You know, and it's just, you know. It's a lot. Does anybody care differently if it's Suzuki versus Samoa Joe in a Ring of Honor TV title? No, people want to see the match. So, you know, it comes to the point where the, the belts don't mean anything in that situation. Yeah, so well, we'll we'll see what they do with it. I guess you got to give it a chance. I mean, it's an idea. If it's good, it's good. If it doesn't work, you can always just and vacate the, get rid of the belt, and say see you later. Right. When are they going to have the AEW Dark Champion? That's what I want to know. That's what I wonder too. They got all these guys wrestling on AEW Dark, and you'd think they'd have some sort of championship, some <laughs> sort of championship there, but. See, I, I, I like. I used to love the idea of the TV title because when they had pay per views. 
you would always knew that the TV title was going to you could watch it on on Nitro or on Thunder or wherever, and you knew it was going to get defended. And you had a chance to see a, a title see, and, change hands, and that is a title that I wish that they would really bring back because I thought one of the cool things about the TV championship, and for those that don't remember that, you know, especially Arn Anderson was the one that really popularized that uh, the NWA TV title was they had a time limit on that. It was usually defended pretty much pretty much on just TV cards and and a pay-per-view. That was the idea. That was the idea of it. And they were able to get a lot of guys over because they would do, you know, the time would run out or, you know, or you have a DQ or something like that. But especially with the time limit draws, you'd be able to give somebody a a nice little push, give them a rub off whoever the TV champion was. Yeah, it was, it was a great way to get, you know, Hey, I remember like Bobby Eaton and Ricky Mm -hmm. Morton getting like, you know, the tag guys that were considered two of the best and they would wrestle like a Ric Flair. I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, a Ricky Morton, Ric Flair feud that was over, you know? Yeah. I mean, that TV title I thought was a a really effective tool in getting people over. Absolutely. So, but it meant something. Yeah. And it's because it really did. You would think, Oh, that didn't, that told me, Oh, it did. It did. I mean, Arnie Anderson treated that thing like it was a, a monster block of gold, and you know, and and that title was respected. I'd love to see and that thing. Time limit draws meant something back. Then. Yes, they did. I mean, and 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 even now, if you did a time limit draw, it's it, if you're taking somebody oh. like you had a Bobby Eaton, for example, that you were trying to elevate him a little bit, you get him in a time limit draw with with Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard, and you were like. Oh wow, Bobby's really good. And, was it Magnum TA wrestling for the TV title with Tully Blanchard at some point? Uh, that was. The I remember US. Tully Blanchard as the TV champ for a while. Yeah, a he, long time also. Yeah, and he had a he had a, a lot of different feuds with that too. I mean, the Blanchard. I, I, was the US I title love title. time limit okay. draws. Like we just did one with uh, Davy Richards and Gregory Sharp. You know, we got Gregory Sharp going after the Nevada State Championship, so it didn't make sense for him to lose going into his big match. And, you know, you don't want Davey Richards just losing some random Thursday night match against one of our better guys. So now if Gregory Sharp walks out with the Nevada State title on, you know, our anniversary show next week, well, hey, we bring back Davey Richards and now it's for the title. And then if Gregory Sharp beats him, it becomes a bigger deal for him. Yep. So. And and by the way, we'll give Joe a minute at the end here to make sure he gets to talk yeah, about his big card coming up. Yeah, we can do that next week. Up. No big deal. Oh, okay. Well, I did want to mention one more story that came out. Oh, are we getting worked on this one? Is MJF, according to uh, PW Insider, Warner Brothers Discovery removed had well there was an edict they called it an edict to remove MJF from all promo spots and commercials for AEW programming going forward after his promo that he did begging to be fired and the and according the to PW Insider it's it's not a work it's a shoot so that's the question mm-hmm. and and i and i hear the mm-hmm in yeah the the, the the tone of joe well the guy who thinks leukemia was was a, was yeah, a work so I, <laughs> I think it's a work you, too you, you know, tomato, tomato, you want to believe that Roman Reigns finally got over or was it the angle that got him over? You know, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't true. I'm just saying, you know, the leukemia didn't stop him from making a movie, but it stopped him from wrestling. Okay, whatever. If you want to believe that, 
you know, I, I got some land to sell you in Pahrump, you oh, know, and, Lord. you know, oh. <laughs> if, if the MJF thing isn't the biggest work in the world, you know, we've seen it with CM Punk. You don't let the guy talk for an hour and not turn his microphone off and get security to beat the crap out of him and throw him out of the building if it's true. Yeah, I, I, I am sorry, Mike Johnson, but I am oh. not buying this one. It, well, the question is: then, is, he, is he that gullible, or or is he in on it? I don't know. Probably in on it. He's, yeah. he's a wrestling writer, you know. He he schmoozes, you know. He's got good relationships with certain people, and it's like Meltzer, you know. You know, Meltzer knows what's going on, but he's not exposing it. Well, he put it on Wrestling Observer too. Well, so, you're going to put it out there. Yeah, you know, he's going to leak the story. That AEW wants leak, and there's no way, you know. Because if they wanted to get yeah, rid of him, his contract if, expires in a year. If if they were that mad at him, they'd have fired him. Yeah, but say if MGF have fired, if MGF shows up in they Raw were, in two weeks, you'll know it was a work. These execs were. <laughs> oh, you you at, know it was a shoot. The execs were there that night. Oh, I know they were there, and everybody was partying afterwards. Had a great time. They were thrilled to death. that all of a sudden, there's an edict. It's the Brian edict. Tillman did it way better twenty years ago. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, so, well, I'm. I'm he gl- worked everybody. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was the master, no doubt about that. So, yes. So, I think we're all in agreement. This is a work, right? We are. Done, all in oh, absolutely done. Okay, very done. You. Very well. Thank you. All right. Well, there you go, um, Joe. I'll give you like fifteen seconds. Quick, what's going on with FSW? All right, well, next Sunday, our 13th year anniversary show. We got like five title matches, no holes barred, a cash in the case ladder match, not to be confused with a money in the bank ladder match, a, uh, you know, submission match between uh, two MMA uh, wrestlers. So uh, it's going to be a big deal. So Sunday, 6 p.m., June 19th at the Silver Nugget. All right, sounds great. Well, hey, thanks for listening to the Mark Hoke Show today. We appreciate it. Uh, Maybe we'll be back again Saturday night. If you can, tune in then at 8 o'clock. But we're here every Sunday at 8. Thanks for being with us. Andrew Fish, Faint, Joe DeFalco. Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. MarkHokeShow.com. And MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com for all our podcasts. Have a great Sunday, Las Vegas. Acknowledge us. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show, and visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. 